Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, a forever member of the Jittery Monkey family of podcasts at JitteryMonkey.com, and also uh, recently adi- uh, added to the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko. We'll be joined uh, a little bit later by uh, Hoss Reuter, but uh, right now John Dam Johnston is with me and uh, joining us to uh, put a button on the season of uh, the Husker Men's Hockey Club. Uh, Reed Fuller is joining us as well. Reed, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate you having me back. John, uh, he's, so, he's so subdued for a hockey guy. <laughs> it's off season now, John. <laughs> Is that, I thought it was like 365 days a year. Just, ah, ah, no, we, uh, well, I got to take a couple weeks off. It's only been, well, let's see, what's today, Thursday? It's been a week since we last played, so just trying to, to relax and, and give my mind and my yelling voice a break, so... But, so this is this is the Zen Reed Fuller we get tonight. Yeah, for for a few weeks. Yeah, you'll you'll that's what you'll have. But <laughs> this is uh, what what your wife would call uh, uh, the civilian life for for a few weeks before yeah, you get back into it. She's excited. I'd, no practice every night. No no bus trips and flights out of Lincoln. So I'll uh, I'll be home for now. So she'll she'll probably hate it in a couple weeks. But for now, she's happy. <laughs> Well, uh, let, last time we talked, uh, the the Nebraska men's hockey club was getting, gearing up for the regional tournament, uh, and uh, was able to follow a little bit of that. Watched a little bit of of, of the streaming uh, feed, uh, courtesy of you know I, I, you're gonna have to rem- uh, remind me of the the college that the tournament was taking place. It was in Iowa. That's all I remember. Yeah, Dort College and Sioux Center. Yeah, did. But uh, uh, thank you to them for you know having the the uh, the technological capabilities to be able to uh, stream just the video you know no commentary or anything like that. But it was it was worthwhile to be able to watch more Huskers in action and especially a uh, uh, in a sport that I'm learning more about and, and uh, loving more and more every every day. Especially as a, a renewed faith Blues fan, uh, you know since they figured out how to play hockey in 2019. Um, so it was, it was really fun to watch that. And then, uh, of course, Nebraska went 2-0. and And we got to say, we, we've got to we got to say that not only did you go 2-0, and but you beat Missouri State that first night of the tournament. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, that was big. It was, you know, we talked about it last time I was on with you guys. And, you know, it was, it was a battle. Like I said, it was going to be, I had a feeling. And it, it definitely played out the way that, you know, I predicted, but it was a lot of fun, and I'm happy that it worked out for us. Look who they get in the second game, Greg? Oh, I'm I'm so glad that you asked me that question. Uh, and courtesy of HuskerHockey.com, I was able to uh, pull this information up and uh, relay it to you. And in that second game, smartass John, uh, they <laughs> took on the uh, very notable team. I, I'm scrolling to find it on on the. Uh, 
on the schedule. Um, they uh, actually uh, took on uh, the University of Arkansas and won that one one nothing. So uh, you know, outscoring the opponents uh, four to two in uh, in a couple of you know one goal games uh, there at the beginning of March before uh, you know it. Now explain to me because I don't think we we touched on this uh, due to my inexperience in in you know club hockey overall. But there was not like a regional champion that was crowned. It was you know a couple teams that went two and zero, and they were the ones who got the passes to the national tournament. Correct? Yeah, exactly. So it's basically the there's four regions in the ACHA. Uh, so we talked about that last time. But there, so there's the the Atlantic, the Pacific, which we're in, uh, the North and the the South. So the regional is, is, is essentially seeds three through ten. Uh, where the one and the two automatically go to nationals, which goes back to that that tweet that we talked about, where Luke was hoping we would jump over Air Force and get to the number two seed, and we could skip the regional. Um, but essentially, then there's four teams from each each region that then make up a 16 team pool uh, at nationals. So it's almost like Olympics, where you come out of pool play and and make it to the the medal round. Um, you you win your pool, you get to the final four uh, at the national tournament, and so um, there's four teams from the Pacific, and we won. We came out as a three seed, and then the the four seed uh, University of Wisconsin Milwaukee uh, was the other team that advanced from from Sioux Center. So uh, we only had to win two, but if we would have lost, it would have been been season over. So we were fortunate enough to to get through Missouri State and Arkansas. It wasn't easy for sure, but uh, that's. That's the way it shook out for us. Last time you were on, uh, you know, a month ago or so, we talked about the cost of, you know, this club hockey because it, so much of it is out of pocket and, and you know, by, by the players and, and coaches. Not to say that the university, you know, has zero financial stake in it, but, you know, as far as travel and lodging, uh, equipment, all that stuff, uh, you know, the, the team is on their own. So when you have uh, the success that you had and, and you find yourself going to the national tournament, uh, which is, you know, in a suburb of Dallas, uh, that adds the financial burden, uh, you know, or, or rephrase that puts, uh, you know, an added financial burden onto again, the players, the coaches, you know, things like that. So I saw uh, a, a, a place where, you know, fans could, uh, supporters of Husker hockey could, you know, through, lend their support through the University Foundation. It, was that correct? It, it, that's the right organization on campus that that would uh, uh, be able to lend a little help to the hockey club. Yeah, there. I think there's a couple different ways, um, but yeah, the main link that the uh, the team shared was was through the foundation. Uh, we did the same thing last year when we were going to Columbus, Ohio. Um, I I don't know the official numbers that came back and. Uh, you know, help us towards our goal. Uh, but I, I know it's been very beneficial to have, you know, have the contributions and the support of, you know, not only people that follow us on a regular basis, but, you know, just, I mean, there's random people that, that saw our, our plea for help and, and uh, you know, just as alumni or, or fans in Nebraska uh, athletics and, and just the state in general that were able to um, kind of lend a hand and, and give us some support. Uh, it, it was it was awesome to see um, 
I don't, I don't like I said, I don't know the totals. And you know, right now, the state of Nebraska, there's there's a lot of lot of stuff going on where people are needing help with the flooding and and everything that's that's happened in the last you know three or four weeks. So um, the fact that people were willing to to go out of their way to help with uh, help with our cause is is truly special. But I, I think it's just a testament to just you know what Nebraska is in general. And and I'll have to say this to anybody that's listening, but you know we're we're very proud to be. Uh, either from Nebraska, supporting Nebraska, whatever it is, but um, just, you know, with, with everything that goes on in the world and uh, to be able to kind of set things aside and, and, and help out a good cause is, is a testament to, to everybody that has anything to do with this state. So so you went to Frisco, Texas. Yep. Where is that? <laughs> well, I flew into Dallas. Uh, the the team took a bus down. I, I had to come down a day later with, with work and stuff, but um, it, it's a suburb. It's kind of between, I don't know, McKinney's in the area, but basically we, we drove through Plano, um, to get to the rink every day from the hotel. So it's, uh, a very nice uh, suburb of the Dallas area. Huh? So how many, how many teams total were there? 16, you said 16 in our division, uh, over the course of the week. So I mentioned last time we talked, there's over 500, some teams in the ACHA, right. uh, every division had their national finals there. So we had the division one, two and three men's and then division one and two women's there. Um, it, it all happened over the course of basically two weeks. Uh, so 16 from our pool or, or our division, but then uh, I think the division one had, had 10 or 12 teams. Uh, each, each division has a different format, but there is probably 50 to 60. So teams out of those 500, uh, that made it down to the Dallas area for the national tournament. So this is like hockey addiction, kind of hockey on steroids, hockey meth. I mean, people <laughs> that wanted to see just hockey, hockey, hockey. This is like, is there any, is there anywhere in the world there's more hockey in this one concentrated area? I don't know if it, you know that many games in that many days. Uh, it'd be tough to probably find um it was cool where we had uh where we played we played at uh, the dallas stars nhl um one of their facilities so they there's two sheets of ice there um really nice facility great staff but even outside they had like a a barbecue joint that set up a beer garden for fans and i mean it, it was it was a really great environment um there's a live stream they had you know professional announcers doing the games uh, but yeah, John, you're right. I mean, if, if you wanted to go watch hockey for two straight weeks, you can go down to Dallas, Texas, uh, and, and basically see men, women of all skill levels, basically in the club in the college club level and, and check it out. So it was, it was a pretty special experience and, you know, we enjoyed it. We're fortunate to be there and I know every other team that was there also enjoyed it. So they move this around from year to year. Yeah, I think they they do you know by a couple of years. So it was in Columbus for the last couple of years. I think it's going to be in Dallas for a couple of years. Um, we we're new to the game. We've only been there for the last two years. So um, I don't know the the full history of you know where it's all been. But um, essentially, I think cities and and organizations put in a bid um, you know to host it. And you got to have the hotel plan. You got to have. Uh, the facilities obviously to do it um, there's there's practice times that have to be held for each team because uh, a lot of teams are coming in from you know thousands of miles away so you can't just come in cold and, and not get a practice in so 
Uh, there's a lot of logistics that go into planning it, but uh, yeah, it does move around. Um, I think it will be in Dallas area again next year, but after that, I'm not sure where it can end up. Real, excuse me. Realistic though, it's gonna. Uh, I mean, it's, it would require basically an NHL city or something close to it to have that many rinks, at least available for ice time. Yeah, to keep it all together, um, you know, the ability to have that many sheets of ice, uh, you know, lodging, everything. You know, you got to have restaurants, you got to have places for people to be able to rent cars, fly into. Um, so it's going to be big market cities. Um, I don't know that it's going to be limited to an NHL city, but, um, you know, it's going to be one of those things where, you know, it's got to have, you got to have enough sheets of ice and you got to have enough places for people to stay and, and get everybody there at the same time. So, so, so did you like to have to, did you have to take an NU foundation guy with you? Like as a chaperone? <laughs> no, uh, no, just, uh, me and me and the coaching staff and, uh, you know, there's lots of parents on the trip, but, Nobody from the foundation uh, was with us. I'm sure they, we would have been happy to have somebody, but uh, it all kind of came together uh, after the regional was done because we weren't even sure we were going to get to nationals in the first place until uh, we got through that the tournament or the the first round in in Iowa a few weeks ago. So uh, no <laughs> no chaperones outside myself and, and head coach Larry Taylor and uh, assistant coach Tim Miller and um, the parents that were there. So. So is there, there's like, well, you said parents. I mean, nobody's gonna go crazy with parents around. Well, maybe they would. I don't know. I know <laughs> hockey. I know some hockey parents that are, you know, I get, don't get your hands too close to their face, kind of the guys. Okay, yeah, it, so. was, it was fun. I mean, listen, listen to the parents, and so I don't get to watch a lot of games. Usually, it's just our team playing. So I got to go sit in the stands and, and watch some of the games that were going on either before us or after us. And, you know, hearing the uh, the parents' emotions, you know, in, in games I wasn't involved in was uh, something I hadn't heard in a long time. And it was <laughs> it was entertaining, to say the least. There's there's a few teams that uh, uh, their parents had a lot of passion towards the, the referees. <laughs> we'll, we'll say that. But <laughs> well, it is hockey. Yeah. Okay, so you got down to Frisco. You know, what happened? Well, nothing, nothing too good. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. They, uh, yeah. for, among other things, John, they uh, uh, ran into. Eventually, in the second game, they played the the top team in the country, Florida Gulf Coast, uh, and how does that work? Well, I mean, they they lost to Michigan, and no, 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 Florida. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, yeah, they five people I, to go down there and play hockey? Yeah, they're from all over, but I, I told you guys last time. I mean, there's there's hockey everywhere in this country right now, and they, well, it's just a you know it's a growing sport, and and you you never know where you're going to find good players, and and that Florida Gulf Coast program is unbelievable right now, and they actually have two club programs. They've got a Division two and a Division three. Their Division two program, I believe, won the national championship this year, so. It's there's no lack of talent regardless of where you look, and it's just uh, a testament to you know how how much this game has grown and and how much just our organization and and the uh, the ACHA uh, has grown in terms of competitiveness and skill level and, and everything that goes into it. So you, you never know where the winner is going to come from. So it, oh, 
that that was the second. Go game, ahead, John. Greg. I was yeah. gonna say that was the second game. Uh, their their first game down there was. Uh, and by the way, these were. Uh, I don't know how these uh, game times were assigned. I know they've got a lot of hockey to play, you know, over the the course of the weekend. Uh, but starting off with a ten thirty in the morning game against Michigan, uh, that th- that was I was not prepared for that puck drop time. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, you know, when, when when you go, you know, I think the. The game against uh, Arkansas was like an eight o'clock puck drop or something like that, and and then you got to go just a few days later. Actually, I take it back; it's a couple weeks later. Uh, but how do how do you prepare? I, I've asked every coach that that I've ever talked to, you know, this question. You know, because I've you know done you know high school radio in Nebraska, and I've you know called state tournament games that you know tip offs at you know basketball games that tip offs at nine in the morning. I said, like, how do you? prepare your team to get out of bed, you know, have a bagel or whatever, and then go play basketball when that's not, their body's not used to that. Their body's used to getting up and going to class, being awake all day. And then, you know, so it's, it, how, how do you prepare your team to, for that 1030 puck drop? Because that, that just doesn't sound fun. Yeah. It, you know, it's a unique situation when you get to the national tournament. Um, you know, I think I mentioned the team. We they went down early Monday morning of last week, so they got into to Dallas in time to have a practice um, in Frisco Monday evening at about five o'clock. Um, kind of get the the bus legs out and get checked in the hotel, have a nice meal, get a good night good night rest, and everything else. Um, so you kind of adjust and, and do things differently than you would if it was just. You know the the weekend trip. Um, you know Friday, Saturday night. Uh, you, you plan for the whole week, so being able to get down there early and, and schedule classes to get out and, and you know basically they, they had a two week spring break. They had spring break the week before nationals. Uh, then we were in, in Frisco for the week after. Um, but getting down there, getting a skate in, um, getting as loose as you can. You know, we had the benefit of being there before, uh, you know, last year in Columbus. So we kind of knew what to expect, but, you know, we ran into that Michigan team that um, they were, they were a damn good team. And it, it just, you know, their goaltender stood on his head uh, that, that game. And we hung in there for a little bit, but uh, too much speed and too much firepower at the end of the day. And uh, they, they made it, uh, they made it out of the, out of our pool uh, into the, uh, the final four and ultimately lost, but uh, they were a tough team, and it was definitely a, a, a tough, tough draw right out of the gate to get down there and, and have to face that squad. But you know, we we, pre- we prepared as best as we could, and um, you know we'll, we'll learn from what happened, and hopefully, if we get the opportunity again, we'll have a better game plan uh, next year. Want to tell the listeners who may not have known uh, that that was a buzzsaw Michigan team that you did run into uh, the final there being five zero. Uh, Wolverines, uh, Florida Gulf Coast, who we talked about was, uh, you know, highly touted and and I think the the number one seed overall. If if you know that's how they look at it, it you know, at it, 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 the hockey level, similar to uh, basketball. But uh, looks like you know that was a five to one win for uh, the Eagles, and, and yeah, they were the top mm-hmm. seeded team. Uh, so then you finish things up uh, on March twenty eighth. Uh, 130 puck drop, and that was against Fordham. And, and again, what didn't go 
the way you thought, but man, the, talk about battling, you know, with, with that kind of, uh, nothing to lose mentality and, and everything to gain, uh, you, you tie it up, uh, you know, early in the third period, uh, tie it at four, four, uh, before I think the final score was five to four. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, uh, I think it was a little bit worse than that. It should, it should have been five to four in the last couple of minutes. Things sort of, sort of unraveled. Um, I think it ended up being seven to four or something along those lines. But it, it was it was a good game. Uh, we were beaten up by that point. I had two of our our, our top six forwards were out of the lineup with injuries. Um, you know. Three games in three days against elite competition, you know, <laughs> you get worn out. And, um, the game, the, the final score wasn't relevant to, to the, you know, the competition of the game. And the effort, um, yeah, put in, yeah. It just, it, you know, it, at that point also, both teams didn't really, we didn't have, both, we were both eliminated, so there wasn't... Um, <laughs> there wasn't anything to I don't want to say to play for, but it was it was kind of uh, just a uh, a final step of the season just to get. To it was that a game. pride game, exactly, and we played with pride and and our guys we they didn't quit. It just kind of unraveled at the end a little bit, and and, and nothing nothing that we're ashamed of. It just <laughs> a long season has to come to an end, and and unfortunately that's the way it happened for us. So. It- did did everybody make it? I mean, you talked about last time we talked in the last podcast. We talked to you. You talked about how guys might not be able to get to these tournaments at the end of the season because they either get worn out, they run out of money, or they run out of you know funding, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, we had our full team there. Uh, so, was... so we can't blame one guy. <laughs> no, we can't. We sure can't. I guess it's the coaching, right? <laughs> exactly, because if you get you know. If only Swarovski would have made it, you know, and that yeah. son of a bitch did, then everything went to hell. Yeah, no, we had we had our whole team there. A uh, couple guys were banged up going into it. Uh, we ended up losing losing a guy halfway through the uh, the Florida Gulf Coast game. He actually got hurt during the Michigan game. Fought his fought his butt off to just to play in the in the second game, and we're about halfway through. And I, you know, I I had to call the trainer over and like. Hey, you gotta take a look at this guy. There's something wrong, and end up having to make a trip over to to see a doctor. And, and he's okay, but and then we had another guy uh, with the shoulder injury in the Fordham game. So, you know, playoff hockey guys get banged up, and you get through it. But yeah, we had the whole team there. There's there's no excuses, and uh, you know we we had a tough draw, and uh, we, you know we're learning more and more as a program what it takes to to compete and win at that level. And uh, the, the more times we kind of go through this and I, I don't want to go through it again and in such a, a losing manner, but you know, we're only going to learn from and get better and better and, and continue to bring, you know, notoriety and, and awareness to our program. And, and hopefully we, we continue to be competitive on the national stage. And, and so, I, so I, go ahead. John. Were there any specific moments? that you know are going to grow into fabulous lies these guys will tell their children as they get older? You know, I think every moment of the national tournament is, is, is a big deal. When, when these guys go out on the ice and they see, they see the, the production cameras when they're live streaming the games on YouTube and they see, they see announcers walking around and it will be on the bench before the game and, 
and the the announcer will come over and, and ask how do I pronounce this guy's la- this kid's last name because I'm going to announce it to the thousand people that are watching online. Um, but just the camaraderie and, and having the the experience of you know getting through a, a 35 game season when things don't always go your way, having injuries, having having a coach that tells you something you don't always agree with, having having you know line mates and teammates that aren't always on the same page and. You know this group this year. I think for Husker hockey was was extremely special that they never had a kind of you know tear yourself apart moment. We've in the past we've had teams that you know they'll get down with each other and they'll separate each other and have clicks and, and different problems. But uh, you know I'm proud to say this team stuck together and as hard as as hard as it is to be together from August to to March and practice every day and travel. It was. It was a special group, and, and I told the guys after our game on Thursday when we were done that, you know, don't hang your heads too low. I mean, it sucks to lose, but be proud of this and, and remember this for the rest of your lives, and these guys will be friends forever, and, you know, they'll be connected. They'll be going to each other's weddings. They'll be coming back for reunions. They'll be sitting in the stands when, you know, I'm sitting in the stands with them watching 20 years from now as Husker Hockey is, you know, maybe it's a D- Division One NCAA program by then, but, you know, they're, they're part of something special. It's a it's a bond and a brotherhood that they'll always have. And I think that, you know, to look back on that as, as a successful student athlete, they, they have nothing, but you know, nothing to be ashamed of and they can be proud of that for the rest of their lives. I want to uh, go back to a tweet that was made on March 29th. Again, at Husker hockey on Twitter uh, says that, uh, and I guess this would be probably attributed to Luke uh, says, although the season didn't end how we wanted, we're proud of everything we accomplished this year. Winning another conference championship, making the national tournament, achieving the highest ranking in program history is remarkable, which all of it is. Uh, but this would – would this probably have to go down as, you know, to this point, the the best team in, in program history? I, I think so. It would be tough to argue. I mean, I – I was a part of some really talented teams as a student way back in the day, but we never made it as far as, as this group has done. Um, last year we, we won a few more games, but I don't think we were a complete team. Um, this group this year really came together. We had a freshman goalie who was uh, essentially all American. He was a uh, third team, all Pacific. And, but then we had a guy like Luke, who's a, a, a senior, who's a leader and he came in and he could play anytime, but it just, it was a special group. And, uh, you know they stuck it out there. You know from start to finish. I, I think that they they set the bar for you know what's going to happen next year and the year down the road and five years down the road and ten years down the road. It's it's just a, a testament to what this program is all about and and you know where we're headed. So um, I, yeah, I agree, Greg. I think that this is by far the best team we had um, when you look at the complete picture, and it's pretty exciting to see or, or think about. Uh, what's going to come in the future. Speaking of uh, the goalie that you mentioned uh, who would be, you know, an All-American, you said third-team Pacific League. Uh, Would that be uh, Bennett? Yeah, Bennett Stanfield. So he was, uh, according to the uh, ACHAHockey.org, which is the only place to go for all of your American Collegiate Hockey Association information, uh, he was the 36th best uh, goalie, uh, you know, in the country, which, you know, that, that, that's a top 50 list out of, you know, a hell of a lot more programs than that. Uh, 20 games played, had a record of uh, 10 and 5, and uh, uh, did have one overtime loss. Uh, 
and no shootout losses, uh, but played over a thousand minutes. And uh, the goals against average was three point one seven, and that's kind of the the frame by listening. That's kind of the main uh, metric that they use to to measure uh, uh, you know your goalie's worth essentially, uh, which is you know it's it's one stat, but it you know a lot of them could look at wins and losses, but uh, a lot of it really depends on just on that goals against average because you got guys who you know. Uh, Played in ten games and an eight and two record, but have a goals against average of one point six. I mean, you know, they played in half as many games as you know uh, Bennett did, so it's you know it's it's not necessarily a fair comparison. But we don't get caught up on that. We're we're proud of Bennett and and his accomplishments. Uh, but then you had uh, Jordan Hank, who was the thirteenth most uh, prolific scorer in the country uh, for Division three uh, hockey. And uh, by the way. If you're looking on ACHAHockey.org and you're looking by the team because you might not know the players' names, you're not going to find UNL or NU. It'll be under UON, University of Nebraska. I found that one out the hard way. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Jordan uh, had, a, had a really nice season, uh, you know, was in 28 games, had 39 goals, 25 assists for 64 points. That's uh, – uh, you know that's solid. That's a solid season. Uh, you know that's a solid uh, amount of production in in 28 games, and uh, uh, you know proud of him and uh, and and the season that he had. Now is he going to be returning next year, or is is he? Uh, one, one question that I want to ask you is: I mean, you've got you know some of these kids, you know, who are putting up 90 you know plus points, 80 plus points in in anywhere between 25 and 40 games. Has anybody ever parlayed? you know, a, a club hockey, you know, season or, or success at the club hockey level to, you know, like a, a scholarship at a, maybe a different school or even that same school that, that uh, uh, you know, would have a, a Division One uh, hockey program? I mean, have they ever been so successful? I mean, it it's similar but different. But I think of, you know, like junior level hockey, you know, versus like AHL and NHL, you know, it, there are various, you know, tiers of, of talent, I mean, but you got some really top-notch, you know, scorers. Has it, to your knowledge, has anybody ever, you know, gotten a, a call up to the show, so to speak, uh, based on how they were doing it at club level hockey, or is it just looked at, at like two different animals? No, you're, it's a it's a great question, and there there has been um, players from the ACHA who have gone on to play professional hockey. Um, there's been players from the ACHA who've gone on to play, you know, NCAA hockey, uh, if, if the situation was right. Um, I don't know of any that have gone on to play at the national hockey league level, but, um, for sure there's, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different degrees of of professional hockey, um, below the AHL. I mean, there's, there's the Southern professional hockey league. There's the, the central hockey league. There's, there's senior, senior leagues in Canada. So there's guys that have gone on to do that. There's guys that have gone to play overseas. Um, it's definitely, um, it's definitely doable. You, you know, like I said, there's no, there's no true path. You don't have to be the, the blue chip prospect and be a, a top division one player, play major junior in Canada and go straight to the, to the show. I mean, there's, there's different ways to get there. Um, you know, and, and going back to, to what you said about, you know, Jordan and Bennett and, and these guys, so so Bennett's a true freshman from from Medina, Minnesota. So you know we're fortunate that 
we, hopefully we have him for for three more years and, and he can continue to grow. I mean, he's third team, third team all region, and, and he mentioned the number. You know, being top fifty as a goaltender with the stats, it's it's not an indication truly of how how good he is. It's you know a lot of those guys have less games. A lot of those guys don't have the the strenuous schedule that we have and. Uh, a lot of those guys don't make it to playoffs and have to play in those big games too. And then, and then Jordan Hank, he's he's only a true sophomore. Um, he was actually the the player of the year as a true freshman last year. Uh, so he's back to back player of the year, back to back first team uh, All Pacific. So you know we've got a really good core of guys coming back. Um, you know our defenseman Ben Raymond, who was first team All Pacific, he's a senior. He was a team captain. We're losing him. But we got a bunch of guys behind him that are just chomping at the bit and ready to go. And, um, you know, I don't want to say Ben or Jordan are ever going to go play pro hockey, and I don't know <laughs> if they want to, but they're they're hell of hockey players. And I, I think that, you know, there's there's guys in this league that, that probably will play pro hockey someday. Um, and it's it just shows how good of, uh, you know, the level of competition is. And, and you know, <laughs> as I went back to the last time I talked, it's – you never know who you're going to find and where you're going to find them, but they need somewhere to play, and that's exactly what the purpose of this program is about. Reed, as we as we wrap things up, uh, we got to take a commercial timeout because that's what we do now when we're official members of the SB Nation Podcast Network. We have commercials. Uh, are but- we get, are we going to break? Are we going to are we going to break before we end with Reed, or the other way around? No, no, no. We're going to we're going to end with Reed, and then we'll break, and then we'll come back and talk with Hoss. <laughs> I have to question for him before we break. No, yeah, that's fine. I, I do too, but you go ask your question. I want my question to be last. Okay, then I'll ask my question. Do you see how well we prepare for this week? <laughs> is, is it, John, is yours about beer this time? Or? No! <laughs> Maybe, how much of a treat would it well, be? Well, now it is. <laughs> how much of a treat would it be if our questions were uh, uh, aligned and, and similar? My question is, now that the season is over, what are the chances that some of the guys on the team don't need their hockey sweaters anymore and want to donate them to the five heart podcast? <laughs> well, we're going to have a, a taco Tuesday, which is kind of our thing. We are, the team gets together for a taco dinner over at, at coach Taylor's house. A um, couple times during the season, we're going to do our awards. So I will, I'll bring that up. I'll make sure that everybody listens to the podcast beforehand. So any of the seniors that are going away, you guys will be first on the list. That's for sure. I feel like the seniors would probably want to hold on to theirs. Because it'd be the last well, one that hey, they hey, get. Luke, Luke's a senior, so you know he should Luke. be the first one we're looking at. <laughs> and he, he already knows because I hit him up. It, all right, I... I'm going to embarrass him now because I'm sure all the other guys are going to be listening to this. They're going to they're going to razz him and give him a hard time. But yeah, I, in order to set this, uh, uh, you know, the first conversation up, I had I had to slide into his DMs. I think that's what the kids are saying. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, the, I've already propositioned. I'll be like, we. I said, you know what? I've I've paid three hundred dollars or more for for jerseys that I can't wear. I'm prepared to do it mm-hmm. for one that I could. I'm not saying I've got three hundred dollars lying around, but if Luke wants to hook a brother up, I'm just saying. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure that we don't forget about the idea. Uh, you propositioned him and you slid into his DM. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on? Yeah, don't start, John. He's he's an adult. It's okay. So actually, Luke just celebrated the birthday last week. So he's uh 
I think he's 26 now. He's the oldest guy on the team almost. <laughs> I've, got him crap. I've got him beat by well, a he decade. Played, he, played, he played junior hockey for a while. So, again, it goes back to you got the 18-year-olds and you got 26-year-olds. And it's just uh, that's, that's the cool thing about hockey. So. Well, I've got Luke beat by a decade, and John has him beat by 140 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, what's your question? Hey, I'm a spry 645-year-old man. Okay, i got a question for you. <laughs> No, really, I do. It's beer-related. Where did it go? Um, It's not beer-related. Obviously, you pay attention to everything else going on at the University of Nebraska, don't you? Of course. Okay, so Fred Hoiberg react. (laughs) I I think it's exciting. Um, You know, Tim Miles brought a new level of sort of energy to – to Lincoln for basketball and you know I don't think he did anything wrong but I think Hoiberg and his sort of his you know resume says a lot I mean a guy that's coached in the NBA is obviously going to have experience dealing with elite level athletes and hopefully he can transition that into to bringing them to Lincoln um, next year who you know there's guys that have entered the the transfer protocol and uh, there's guys that are exploring the NBA option, so it'll be interesting to see what his roster looks like next fall. But uh, I think if you were going to replace Tim Miles, I think Hoiberg is probably the best option out there. So uh, as a as a fan of Nebraska ball, and uh, I've been to many games at Pinnacle Bank Arena, I, I look forward to to seeing what he can do, and hopefully it's uh, you know maybe playing something besides the NIT every seven years so All right. that's true that's a great question but See, I have, that, that that segues us into our next session thing yeah but now i have a follow-up question based on your question no you can't I, I said last question fine <laughs> i'll ask it off air. fine go ahead okay no, go ahead all right fine uh pinnacle bank arena reed could it hold an ice rink like a hockey rink it from what I know, it has the infrastructure to do so. It doesn't have the uh, the ice maintaining it have capabilities. The pipes, right? It has the pipes. It doesn't it have does. the um, the generators and the the sort of um, behind the scenes mechanical stuff to keep it cold. Uh, so, like when Disney on Ice and stuff like that would come to town, they bring in their own. Um, semi-trailers basically and plug it into what's set up in the floor um so it could do it it's also too big of a space in my opinion for college hockey Hmm. um you know there's the i think the highest attendance in college hockey in the country is around 7700 um you're not going to get 13,000 people into pinnacle bank arena for for hockey every night i don't think um it'd be cool if you could but um, it's just, it's one of those things where it's just a little too big. And I, I don't know that it would be ideal, uh, if Nebraska were to ever add NCAA, uh, division one hockey, um, who knows? I mean, I'm not, I'm not the expert. I'm, I'm not the decision maker, so they could try to make it work, but I think ideally it'd be a, a smaller space, you know, five, 6,000 seat building to, to make the most out of the experience and, and having a program in Lincoln. All right, last question. You know, if they added if they added a lot more hockey, then it'd solve the whole climate change problem because it'd be cooler. <laughs> I 
don't know if that's how that works, but it is in my world. Just go with it. It's been plenty cool the last couple of months, so I don't know that we want any. That's not here. climate, for God's sakes, man! All right, last question. Uh, what <laughs> is this piggybacking on my la- other last question? Uh, with the uh, popularity of the Winter Classics and the uh, Stadium Series that the NHL is doing, when are we going to see Husker hockey at Hawks Field? Oh, that would be cool. Uh, I I don't know. That's the first that's ever been brought up. But there you um, go. I I think someone should get behind that and make it happen. I don't know who that person should should be, but maybe Luke can start a a post graduation campaign to get outdoor hockey at at Hawksfield. But change dot <laughs> org Memorial Stadium. You never know. <laughs> I mean, why the hell not? Let's go with Hawksfield first. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, they're yeah, pretty protective. Yeah. I'm guessing a memorial. Like it's some kind of sacred ground or something. (laughs) All right. It used to be. (laughs) And there's a shot across the bow. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I'm a fan. I just, season ticket holder, I've been to to a lot of games, but I'd like to see it become more sacred ground again. You know what? Next fall, John, we're bringing Reed in to talk football. Oh, that'd be awesome. (laughs) Okay. All right. for that. John, do you have any more last questions? Now I will let you have the last question. I'm done. I, I, I run things. I have got no more. Reed, I, all I all I have uh, left for Reed is a, a lot of appreciation for your time. Uh, for uh, uh, you know, even things like sharing the podcast. Uh, you know, sharing sharing the links. Uh, you know, things like that, helping get the our word out because we're obviously trying to get uh, the word out about Husker hockey. Uh, so I appreciate you. Appreciate Luke for uh, helping facilitate uh, uh, all these conversations. Well. Not, not all. He he helped on the first one. I, I, I big boyed it and, and, and got this one going. <laughs> uh, so I appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Uh, look, I know it's uh, you know almost 930 on a Thursday night, and it's the off season. so I'm going to let you get back to uh, your family. And, and we do appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll be talking with you more in the off season and, and more about Husker hockey going forward. Sounds good. Greg, John, I appreciate you guys, too. The team does. Just want to let you guys know that. Uh, it, it was awesome what you guys helped us out with uh, before the, the regionals and the nationals. So um, I'm happy to come back. Any, anybody would be anytime. So um, thank you to you guys. And uh, it's just, it's, it's truly awesome what you guys have helped us do and get our brand out there. So thanks a lot. Well, guys. You know, I, I'd be honest with you. I almost never hear this from anybody in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, we nobody ever says, <laughs> nobody ever says, yeah, I'd be happy to come back and talk to you, John. Hey, it's been nothing but good for us and and the boys and the the team and the program appreciate it. So uh, from the bottom of my heart and the team's heart, we appreciate it. So, All right. Take care of yourself. And from the bottom of our five hearts, we appreciate you. And (laughs) we'll take a quick time out when we come back. Haas Reuter will be uh, back, uh, and we'll have some more Nebraska ball talk. Uh, Obviously, the Fred Hoiberg situation. We'll talk uh, a little bit of football. And then we're going to get out of here because – it's going to be late. So uh, that's coming up next as the Five Heart Podcast. Can you, what, John? Did they get a – are we selling pork chops this time? I don't know what we're selling. Uh, may, we might okay. be selling, for all I know, Coors Banquets. God help oh, us God. all. God. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, all right. We'll be back after this on the Five Heart Podcast. Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahochko, John Dam Johnston. No Haas Reuter. He uh, he stood us up. 
I feel bad about myself as a human. He ghosted us, I think, is what the the, the term that the they, kids are using. That's that's what the kids these days say. Well, you know, if I can say slid into DMs <laughs> completely <laughs> incorrectly, I think I can get ghosted, right? Yeah. Why? Why do we have all these terms? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Why wasn't? Why wasn't? Normal English, good enough for all of us. Can, can I, Why do we have to separate ourselves by generation? Why do people from the 70s used to say far out, like John Denver, and groovy, and now we don't say those things anymore? I say groovy, and I, I was born in 82. But to, to your point, exactly, specifically to your point, I've got a buddy of mine who is a uh, high school English teacher, and I was hanging out at his house one evening. We were watching TV or watching a movie or something. He's sitting over there grading little papers, you know, that high school kids are submitting for grades. That's just little one-page, you know, papers about, I don't even remember the topic. But as I'm reading it, like the first or second line in this high school student's uh, paper was, I don't remember specifically, but they said gonna, G-O-N-N-A. Not going to, but they use like text you know, shortening in in a paper. I said, I said, are you going to mark that? He said, no. I said, if I did, he said, paraphrasing, I'm not going to get his exact, you know, words right. This was several years ago. He said, if I, if I not, you know, docked points off uh, of every paper, you know, when they, you know, cheated the, the system like that, he said, then I'd fail them all. I'm like, good. You're the English teacher. You should be learning English. They should, but you know, at the same time, we shouldn't be that angry as an older generation. It's just that, you know, it's hard to keep up with all this stuff. And my God, now I sound old. Of course, you guys make fun of me for being old, but uh, that other fucker isn't here to make fun of me for being old, so he can kiss my ass. You know what, what was he's it? What was done? it like when you were? You know there? what he's probably done? Hmm. He's probably gone to bed because he's a puss. <laughs> He is a wiener I've, boy. I've been up since 4.30 this morning. If anybody should be asleep, it'd be me. Uh, luckily, I fell asleep on the couch earlier the today. And so now I've, I've caught my second wind. And um, I've had my ice cream while in between recordings while we thought we were waiting for Hoss. Uh, after talking with uh, Reed Fuller of uh, Husker Hockey, I sat on the couch. Well, first of all, I got a shower. That was uh, welcome to everyone in the house. And uh, I had sat on the couch and had some Oreos. So I'm, I'm, I'm riding the sugar high, man. I'm drinking some water. I'm feeling great. Wow. I, I guess I <laughs> You're ready to bring me down, aren't you? No, I had, all I did was uh, went and got a four-pack of Guinness and but had you, a Guinness. But I, you, I didn't – nobody's happy with this. You did me. say you did say specifically, but I'm I'm thrilled that you got a four pack of Guinness. Uh, but you did yeah. say that you you were mad at Haas for not being here because you wanted to yell at him. Yes, and, and I said you can yell at me, and you seemed very uh, agreeable to that. So we should go into news. Okay, <laughs> we have huge news, right? Yeah, we, we absolutely have huge news. I mean, it was suspected, uh, possibly even leaked, projected. Know? Projected, yeah. Uh, Elected. That doesn't fit, but it rhymes. <laughs> protected? Hmm? <laughs> like a penis. I was going to say, but but 
I have no idea what that has to do with Fred Hoiberg, but whatever. Actually, the the news, uh, the confidentiality of the news was unprotected because it leaked out early. See what it did there? Well, that's true. Uh You know, we Um, probably shouldn't be doing media like that anymore. (laughs) Yeah, Fred Hoiberg is the new men's basketball coach at the University of Nebraska. Uh, It's it's a completely different – you know, a lot of people were – I think a lot of people who didn't understand or, or don't understand, you know, college basketball uh, or the the complications between college basketball and the NBA with w- thought, you know, Tyron Lue would be, you know, the the choice. But Tyron Lue never coached at the coll- collegiate level. Uh, all he did was, you know, uh, bring water to LeBron James and and uh, and you know carry the bag, so to speak. Um, but Fred Hoiberg has Division One. Power Five experience. In fact, I think he's the first Nebraska men's basketball head coach hire in 30 years, 40 years, that has Power Five experience, head head coaching experience. Uh, Maybe maybe that's not an entirely accurate stat. I don't think – you know what I think it is? I think it's immaterial. I realize that the media, the regular media guys are going back, and they're doing great stories about how – uh, Fred Hoiberg's, uh, you know, was a grandfather, coached at Nebraska, mm-hmm. and blah, 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 blah. I think it's completely irrelevant to today. I think they're sure, good but it's stories. a nice, it's they're a really nice story. Stories, but they're, but they're, they're completely irrelevant to what's going on today. Other than we want to solidify him as a Nebraska guy because we need to sell newspapers. Again, they're good stories. Here's the thing that I think is the interesting about this whole process. All right? Okay. Even with the return of Scott Frost a year ago, and maybe maybe it's just us at Coronation, and maybe it's uh, – but I'd like to ask. I, for the last two months, Nebraska basketball has dominated the Husker News. Am I wrong about that? You're not wrong, and and a lot of it was, you know, when after Creighton, you know, in in early December, let's say by Christmas on, I mean, with their struggles in, in conference play, and of of which there were many. I mean, I think you, you take away the the little uh, run of you know hope that we had at the end. The Creighton win uh, in December was probably the high point of the season. And there were ebbs and flows, you know, uh, a few, I, I don't want to call them peaks, but a few little hills of, of optimism. And then, you know, the low times, you know, in January, February and such. Um, but so you had, you know, oh, if Miles can't, you know, right the ship, he's gone, he's gone. There was so much speculation. And then you get, you know, towards the, the, the last game of the regular season and beating Iowa in overtime. And then you get, you know, a couple of wins in the Big Ten tournament, then you get a win in the NIT. It was it, – it brought a lot of hope, but, it, it, I mean, I think the decision was already made, honestly, and, and you know, depending on who you talk to, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people probably suspected that Bill Moose was planning on going in a different direction, and I do think it was unfair to Tim Miles that they left him, you know, flapping in the wind, uh, but at the same time, Moose has said before he's not someone who's going to fire a coach in the middle of season – so I respect that as well. He's he's stuck to his guns or stuck to his you know uh, self-proclaimed uh, you know ide- ideology. But you had 
really throughout the entirety of the Big Ten season, there was all this talk of, well, you know, if if they don't make it to the tournament, Tim Miles is gone. Uh, you know, he's really got to win a game in the NCAA tournament or he's gone. They didn't make the tournament. I mean, they, they put up a good fight with a depleted roster there at the end, but they didn't make the tournament. They got a win uh, in the NIT in, on the home court, lost on the road. It is what it is. You know, Tim Miles, I think, saw the writing on the wall, and, you know, he – He's not an idiot. I, I've said before, I like Tim Miles as, as a person and a coach. Uh, but, you know, as we mentioned last week, it's a business. And it sucks for, uh, you know, a, a fantastic individual like Tim Miles. But I, I'm sure he's going to land on his feet somewhere. Um, uh, but, yeah, to, to your point, because – maybe it's because Nebraska football went 4-8 and eight last year that there's just it doesn't feel like there's as much to talk about outside of you know the, some of the off the field stuff like you know the Mo Washington but you know and, and I'm in Illinois so I'm not reading you know the Husker Extra or whatever that has you know exclusive football coverage I, you know I'll, I'll pull up Huskers.com from time to time and read some of the notebooks um, you know you know the, the information that that's available there but I yeah, to to you know, going back to what you're saying, this was a, a you know a long winded agreement, uh, but uh, yeah, the, this the the sports headlines. Were, My God, it's it's like you did radio someplace <laughs> where mean, you had to fill airtime. Exactly, exactly right. Uh, no, to your point, where, where you didn't have a podcast where you could actually like take two minutes and explain <laughs> something in two minutes, but you had a thirty minute segment that you had to go. Why do I like ducks more than pelicans? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, first of all, you see them, you know, pelicans are m- much more coastal, and you get to see uh, ducks more inland. I, you know, I saw ducks earlier this week. It was fantastic. It was beautiful. You saw mallards. Uh, Nobody and... would ever eat a pelican. I've never had duck. Oh, well. I, uh, I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm just saying. I didn't I, I mind had... to go down this. It was just an example. <laughs> See what you're doing? You don't have to be a radio guy anymore, Greg. It's okay. We can take two minutes to finish something. Okay, so there's so much training in you. There's, listen, the Fred Hoiberg thing. I think I think it's a sign that that number one. I think it's a sign that Nebraska fans are really hungry for a good basketball program. I think Tim Miles elevated the program. He made it. He he took us to a height that we hadn't been to in a long time, but he didn't get there. You know, the, the he knocked the climax, on the door. The climax wasn't there, Tim. I'm sorry. I love you, but you're just not the right lover for me. He he. No, just, you're absolutely right. You, you know, Tim Miles got got uh, the program knocking on the door, but they yeah. didn't. They weren't invited inside. Uh, right. So yeah. But I, I, I mean, there's another thing that's completely from the perspective of a guy who has now run a site, a Nebraska site, for I think this will be our 13th year. Listen, it's we know we're a football school, okay? We know that we love football, and we love football among all other things more than some of us, maybe more than our families. It's not me. I love my family. But... <laughs> You don't have to say that. They're not listening. Um, they're not. I'm in the bathroom downstairs with the door locked. <laughs> it's where I do the podcast. It's my office. It's really the bathroom? 
Yeah, honestly. So God. wait, wait, wait. So that one time, that one time that we recorded and you know via Skype and everybody was doing video, uh, you were sitting on the toilet. Well, I don't think that time I was. Okay, all right. Now you see, I'm an old man, and you broke my train of thought. Okay, here's the thing: from a guy who's run a site for years, thirteen years, uh, yeah, uh, it's really hard to do just football all the time. Just football, 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 football. And I think I I don't want to say that the Nebraska media is the same. The guys that cover the Omaha World Herald and the Lincoln Journal Star, they're probably not the same because they get paid to do stuff and they're assigned stuff and they have beats and things to cover. But for me, I, I would love to have a good basketball program if only for the reason so that we would take some of the pressure off having to produce constant football content because some, I, let's face it, you guys that are listening to this podcast, you know that most of the football content is it becomes made up shit after a while. It does. It becomes recycled poop. What five players are going to break out this year? I mean, come on. We have standard articles that we literally have in a list. <laughs> And, and we, we pull them out. Everybody every has that list. Yeah. Every single football site out there has that list. And those are the articles we're going to do to produce content. You know, and that and I think Nebraska basketball taking some of the pressure off that this year. It was exciting. It was, unfortunately, I wished we would have won our NCAA game because I love this year's team. I love Palmer and uh, Roby and uh, Glenn Watson, especially. Oh, Glenn, yeah, for sure. <sighs> but, you know, now we have a, a new mayor, and I'm going to say something about that. Uh, I hate the nickname. You know why I hate the nickname, Greg? Because the mayor is an elected position? No, because oh. it's, it's not the mayor of Lincoln, okay? It's not the mayor of Nebraska. It's the mayor of fucking Ames, Iowa. We're basically taking their nickname. Can we make up our own fucking nickname? Can we, we not created people in the Nebraska? Can we call him the governor? Well, we could I if he does stuff, okay? And I'm still, you know, I'm still the skeptical guy. I'm still uh, you know, last weekend what I I did, I spent the weekend at uh uh Friday night and uh Sunday because we didn't play baseball on Saturday. I spent the weekend at uh, Minnesota's baseball stadium and by minnesota's baseball i mean gopher baseball siebert field of course uh, and there was a bunch of you know greg sharp was in there in this tiny little closet of a room that they provide for the visiting media at siebert field and those guys are all very excited about fred hoe the guinness is kicking in fred hoiberg but uh, I was, I'm, I'm still like, you know, I don't want to emotionally invest myself in this stuff. Win a game, you know. Just one. I did. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Be successful. I get that. This is exciting. I don't want to be. The, you know what? I don't want to be, but I am, and I understand that I am. Contrarian. I don't. No, that guy that is pissing on your shoes while the parade is going by. And calling it rain. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're just watching the parade, and you look down, and some guy's pissing on your shoes, and that's you look up, and that's me, and you know it's kind of a jerk position to be in, but that's the guy I am, kind of sometimes. It does make us wonder how many of those Guinnesses you've had when you're pissing on somebody's shoes. Well, you know, well, you gotta put it out sometime. I, uh, <laughs> you're only renting it. <laughs> <laughs> I I had a, a teacher in high school who. Uh, you know, if, if a kid was, you know, if a classmate of mine or something like that was in a bad mood, he'd look at him and this is the nineties when you could say things like this to a student and you weren't like, you know, arrested and, you know, drawn and quartered. Uh, but he would look at him and he'd say, well, who peed in your post toasties? That's what I'm going to start asking you, John, who peed in your post toasties? These are the things we say when you get older. Okay. What next up? Uh, well, let's let's talk about uh, Fred Hoiberg just a little bit because you took to Twitter okay. uh, for some questions, and one of the questions that that you brought back to uh, the show this week was uh, from uh, one of the listeners, I believe, uh, from Twitter was, "What material will the statue of Fred Hoiberg be made of?" Do you, <laughs> I mean that, that's a legitimate, you know? Okay, there's two directions we can go with this. I you go the serious route, and I'm going to be entertaining. Wait, I have to be serious? Well, yeah, just this once. Fine, Greg, I'll be serious as a heart attack. There's God, only two materials that? that can be made of here. That's debatable. Pure gold or really dry wood that burns brightly I was fire. I was going to say, you know how in uh, in Iowa, in Minnesota, I think Minnesota, no, Wisconsin, at the the state fair, they always have the uh, uh, the statue of, made from butter, you know, like the prize calf or whatever that's you know carved out of butter. That's yeah. that's their thing. By God, we're in Nebraska. There will be a, a likeness of Fred Hoiberg out, within ten years outside Pinnacle Bank Arena in uh, carved out of Omaha steaks. <laughs> I was going to are you are you going to just is it going to be raw meat? I haven't figured that part. I haven't worked out the details. <laughs> or is he, are you going to laminate it? Probably like oh 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 what we could do uh dip it in bronze. Oh, okay, I like that. I Thank like you. that. Thank you. You know when you're in Minnesota, when you're in Minnesota and you have back backyard bonfires, we all burn shit up here in Minnesota, right? Yeah. I'm sure you burn a lot of shit in Nebraska. Certainly and, Kansas and Illinois. burns all their fucking crops and they drift into Nebraska so people can't breathe. It's too bad Kansas can't pass marijuana laws and then just dump that shit on their crops and burn that and everybody could be happier with the states being flooded but you know this is what we get for recording a late night podcast okay so uh, when you're burning things at a bonfire you quickly learn that like things like oak burn brighter and they burn much hotter than like shit like pine no I didn't know that or poplar. There's a lot of woods. I mean, literally, if you want to, there's a it, there's a huge difference in different types of wood you burn in a bonfire that will retain its heat, make heat, and stay around for a while versus things that just burn up quickly. So, from what material will the statue of Fred Hoiberg be? I am hoping that it's solid 
gold, solid gold. That's what I want Fred Hoiberg to be for me is a statue of solid gold. Not like one of those biblical testament kind of things where God turns somebody into solid gold because he's angry and then they throw the ark down and I don't know where I'm going with this. Maybe we should go on. Well, yeah, I, I know exactly, but we also don't we, – we don't want there in, to be any false idols. I would, yeah. I, I would avoid gold. I do think that bronze is a good way to go. Well, I'm hoping for final four here. Ooh. Okay. Within 10 I'm years? Thinking, I'm thinking if you're just going bronze, you're going like sweet 16. I'm going solid gold final four guy. Well, no, no, no. We always talked, uh, you know, like you know, Tim Miles. You know, if if that first win came, you know, of him, then they would erect the statue up. But we, I guess we never talked about materials. Uh, so I, I guess first win is the Omaha Steak. Second win is the uh, the solid wood. You know, the good good wood. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> Then if they get to, uh, uh, you know, past the Sweet 16, bronze, if they get to the Final Four, we'll talk gold. that work for you? Solid gold. When you say it like that, did you recently watch a Bond movie? (laughs) No, I was thinking of the solid gold dancers. I don't even know where that comes from. Okay, so next question. Should should Isaiah Roby return to Nebraska basketball? I think so. Why? It doesn't have anything to lose. I mean, he's going to be the the one that they lean on, you know, the most. The worst worst case scenario, and I'm knocking on wood, uh, is obviously an injury. Um, you know, why you know suffer that injury in college when you could suffer that injury in in the, the NBA and get paid? Uh, but. Roby has only improved his game. I he could test the waters, but I'd really like to see him return. Well, of course you would. Every Nebraska fan wants him to go come back because he's a fun player to watch. He, I mean, the dunks are amazing. The and, athleticism is amazing. He's an amazing guy. I was gonna say, and and he seems like a, a really good person. Yeah. So. Uh, but I, I literally, Greg, I love you. Mm-hmm. But uh, if Thank somebody you. said, you, too. Uh, you can make millions if you leave Greg, I'll, I'll be gone. No, I wouldn't even say goodbye to you, you fucker. <laughs> I'd text you. Goodbye. Is this where the yelling starts? Are you going to take out well, all your frustration no, on I me now? I can't yell too much. It's, my family will get angry with me if I yell too much. All right. Uh, probably. I don't know. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, so should Roby return? I have a Bentley. <laughs> I don't even know what Bentley is. It's not a car I would buy. I'd buy like more of a a really nice Audi. Let me just say, uh, you know what else I'd buy? You know what else I'd buy? Ooh, what's that? Well, right now, sometimes I drive an old 2003 Dodge Caravan that's rusting out. You know what I love about that car? Hmm. I love the fact that I can drive down the road and winter in Minnesota and not give a flying fuck about anything. Well, there you go. Because 
Like I, I there's ice and snow and potholes, and I just drive on. I look over, and there's a Mercedes, and I want to merge, and I just go, "That fucking guy's gonna move," and I pull in front. Of him. I don't, you know, I put my blinker on. I tell him, I don't ask him. I tell him, I'm going there. To uh, and to- I don't care. I don't care. I don't worry about my car. You know why? Because it's an old shitty Dodge Caravan. You know what I could do tomorrow? Flip it. I could smash it into a, a Mercedes. That guy would feel bad. And I go, you know what I'm going to do, buddy? I'm going to go buy another disposable fucking car right now. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> what are you going to do? Feel bad about yourself, you fucking Mercedes driver? Uh, two vehicle uh, notes that I, I want to touch on since we're talking about vehicles. Uh, if all By goes the way, I'm making, I'm making up for all the fucks I didn't say before. That's okay. If uh, okay. if all goes well, as people are listening to this on Friday, April fifth, if all goes well after work today, I hope to uh, take my final truck payment to the bank, hand him that check uh, personally, and pick up my uh, my title to my truck. After six years, I'm excited. Uh, that's one. Number two, talking about nice cars, I last summer a couple of times uh, delivered uh, to the uh, home of a St. Louis Cardinal who's going to remain nameless and outside of his uh, you know, home in his driveway was, I don't know the year I'm guessing it was recent, but it was a Rolls Royce Phantom and holy shit that's a nice wow, car I, I don't even know what that is uh, well I, I mean I'm I, I it, you know what a Rolls Royce is, obviously. Yes, obviously, yes. Uh, just to, I mean, to, a Phantom is it a sports car? Is it your traditional the Butler driving uh, Miss Daisy car? Uh, it is. Uh, to put it plainly, uh, I mean, it's got a six point eight liter V twelve engine. Uh, it is, uh, and, and the, I just googled Rolls Royce Phantom. Uh, so the information that I'm sharing is 2019. Uh, getting, you know, five out of five on car and driver, obviously it's a Rolls Royce, uh, 563 horsepower, 20 miles, uh, per gallon on the highway, $450,000 MSRP. Uh, so like I said, this was not, this was not one of the rookies that they just brought up from triple A ball. This was was an established veteran. Um, you know what that thing is? That's a car driven by serial killers. Or St. Louis Cardinals, or or no, or Batman, or something. I don't know. That's it's a bizarre. I guess you drive that around town. You know what I'm going to do with that car? Not take it onto the roads in the winter in Minnesota. <laughs> no, fuck no. I. You know what I'm doing? I'm pulling in front of it. My shitty old Dodge Caravan. The fuck you, buddy. That's what I'm doing with that car. I'm not driving it, of course. You know. I'm, uh, I'm gonna see if uh, I just want to see if there's a. Uh... All right, so there it is. That's the that's the picture. That's the uh, driver. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, based on my based on my Google search, uh, the Rolls Royce in question is not the Phantom, but the Ghost. So, take that. Oh. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, moving on. Um, where were we? Uh, Roby, you think he's gonna go? I, I I hope he doesn't go. I, you know, I mean, let's face it. And that's what I said. Most Nebraska fans are being being selfish. 
Okay. When they say Isaiah Roby shouldn't go to the NBA, I, do I think he needs another year of college? Uh, I don't know. I don't know basketball that well to ask me to do analyst stuff. But if somebody's going to give me millions of dollars to go play a sport somewhere, I think I would probably go, hmm, I think I'll go take millions of dollars. I, I, I think, and this is, I'm, I'm no Patrick Earhart or Nate McHugh or David McGee. Or um, Pat Jansen, shout out. Uh, so you know, take it with a grain of salt. But he improved leaps and bounds in you know the last off season and into this season. I'd be really curious to see what he could do, you know, with another off season and season, especially under you know a head coach who has NBA head coach experience, who could potentially, you know groom him a little bit more for what the next level is looking for? I think he would. What he could probably teach him is uh, you're an athlete. Take over games. Because Isaiah Roby did not do that. He was fun to watch. He was a great athlete, but he never took over a game. Yeah, James Palmer sometimes took over games. And everybody was down on Palmer toward the end of the season. But there were you know, when they finally looked at it and said, let's make a run, Palmer was the one that just exploded. There was one game in which Roby finally decided, ah, I think I should score shit little points. And he rarely did that. Maybe if he comes back, maybe he can learn that. And, you know, maybe that's something that he needs to do to be a better NBA player and be better paid when he, you know, if he comes back and then he gets into the NBA draft later. Uh, so he only averaged 11.8 points per game, 6.9 right. rebounds, uh, had a 45.4 field goal percentage and only had 1.9 assists. Did have several, um, let's see here, averaged 1.9 blocks, which is down a tenth of a point from you know, the season prior, um, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd like to see. Him. So there's ceiling there. And, and here's the, not only that, his free throw percentage went, uh, decreased, uh, every year from his, uh, freshman year when it was 76.2. And then as a junior it was 67.7. Uh, his sophomore year was statistically his best year, at least, uh, Shooting wise, he had fifty six and a half percent field goal, you know, per, or field goal percentage. Um, just, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I want I want more of the kid. I, I want to see what he can do with one more year. I don't think it'll hurt him. Um, and with without a James Palmer Jr., without an Isaac Copeland, without a Glenn Watson Jr., he'll be the guy. Yeah, he would be. You know, we're assuming. Right. Uh, right. Thomas Allen is, has announced that he's still in the transfer portal. Um, right. You know, and he's I, going I, away. You know, is that official? I like watching him. I liked, he was a good three-point shooter. Is, is it official like when, when they go in the transfer portal? I mean, somebody's got to – it's almost like free agency, right? You can dip your toe in the water, but somebody's got to right. pick you up. I yes. mean, he can't just be like, yeah. well, I'm going. You're going to have to have somebody say, mm, yeah, we want you first. He can't just be – so So that would be interesting to see where he lands. Um so yeah, uh, good good luck to uh, good luck to all these. I mean, obviously, I hope they all stick around. You know, once a Husker, always a Husker. But 
But here's the thing with this. The, the further stuff on the transfers and Fred Hoiberg and transfers in basketball, um, I, I, there's a constant thing that goes on in sports where people pay attention to their own teams, but they don't pay attention to other teams. And people bitch throughout Tim Miles' career at Nebraska where, well, he, so many players transferred. Well, so many players transferred all over the place. Okay, yep. that's what's happened in the last, I don't know, five years, six years, maybe, maybe eight. People Sh- just transfer all the time. And that's kind of unique to that's what we haven't heard from uh, our regular media about Hoiberg is how he developed those Iowa State teams was by getting good transfers. Which was what Tim Miles was doing here in the last couple of years. Right. But the thing is, is now the transfer market is constant. And it's saturated. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see if Hoiberg can still pull off the, I'm getting great transfers when everybody, I mean, it's all over now. You know? He was the way, because when you're at the cutting edge of something and saying, I'm going to pick up transfers when maybe nobody else wanted to do that. Right. Maybe it's easier to build a team. Maybe I don't know. No, I you don't know. disagree. Yeah, like you say, I mean, he was he was uh, you know on the forefront of that. Uh, I don't want to say scheme, but you know that that uh, uh, methodology. And yeah. you know, so now that everybody's doing it, you know, um, in my industry, we would call it a paradigm. In my industry, we would. I don't know what we, we we we'll call it a paradigm in my industry too. Fuck it, I don't give a shit. We'll, we'll call it a paradigm because we could charge more. Ooh, yeah. You, you could, what, what if you called it a pair of quarters? Could you charge even more? No, it's got quarters in it. For God's sakes, there's tiny little change things. Yeah, but you said Nobody's paradigms. Said. I mean, pair of quarters is even more oh, than that's paradigms. A good point. <laughs> God, uh, can we can we as far as more news items go? Uh, and, and, you know, we talked with, uh, Reed for a good long time. So, uh, and, and no Hoss here to, uh, pick apart anything, uh, you know, schematically from, uh, uh, Eric Chenander or, uh, uh, Troy Walters or anything like that, or Scott Frost. So we don't have a ton of football talk, uh, but let's talk about something I'm really excited about. University of Illinois has decided it would be a fantastic idea (laughs) to combine College athletic uh, fans, uh, you know, college sports uh, fans, and alcohol in the stadium. And as someone who has already been told by his wife that we can go to the Illinois-Nebraska game in Champaign this fall, let me just tell you, that is fantastic. So what you're saying is... uh you could go to the Nebraska Illinois game and buy a beer. This is what I'm gonna. Uh, this is what I'm telling you. Two years, or well, a year and a half ago, when uh, Nebraska and Illinois played, and and Nebraska won. It was a Friday night game, and I left work and uh, drove up to Champaign and met friends of mine who were already there and had been there for a few hours tailgating, and I put down two Budweisers within about 15 minutes. Uh, knocked over uh, the small little tailgate uh, barbecue grill because that's just 
tradition. <laughs> I go up there, I tailgate with them, I knock over the grill. It's fun. Uh, carried three more cans into, you know, like walking up towards the stadium and was drinking them. Right. right. Uh, by the time I got inside, and I'd only been there for about 45 minutes from the time I, I parked my uh, truck to walking into the gate. Uh, I was feeling good. Now I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to binge quite as much. I can take my time, relax, and probably spend eight seventy five on a beer. That's what I'm really excited about. Overcharged beer. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, I know that uh, we we're really going to talk about this because we're going to translate this to Nebraska football. Mm-hmm. That's about the only Nebraska football we can talk about this week. <laughs> All right. Um, Nebraska is one of the two dry campuses on the nation. So I didn't know that. No. Do you know what the other one is? No. Baylor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. We're <laughs> massive amounts of Apparently, sexual assaults occurred. Listen, we all know we all know that the concept that Nebraska is a dry campus is bullshit. It's been bullshit for years. You go, you, listen. I lived down in the Russian bottoms when I was there in the eighties. Okay, wait, wait. They there were was, called the Russian bottoms. Wasn't it the Russian bottoms? I, I, you lived there. I've never heard of it. Such okay, a thing. it's it's twelve. I lived in a house at twelve nineteen New Hampshire. Okay, okay. I'm I mean, sure twelve nineteen New Hampshire even today is a party house. Okay, can out I send them a letter? Us, out behind us, when you walk toward the stadium, was a a, a parking lot that we called the rape lot, and Ugh. we called it that because it was completely dark at night. And it was a good place, you know, it was a terrible place, actually, for any girl that wanted to be out there. We called it the rape lot. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I don't remember why we called it that. But uh, after every football game, after every football game, you would go out into that parking lot and find massive and massive amounts of broken whiskey bottles, broken bottles, whatever, Okay. So the idea that Nebraska is this quote-unquote dry campus is bullshit. It's a lie. It's always been a lie. It's a way for people to hold themselves up and feel like we're, like I don't know, doing the work of God inside the stadium. We've made it a cathedral. We didn't, we're not honest with ourselves, okay? And even when we go inside the stadium, you know damn well that there's people, even Sneaking though... Sneaking in a vial or something, or, or a flask. Well, no, not even that. No. I'm, I'm talking about even at club levels and stuff like that. I mean, you know, we, we've been told newspaper articles get written about how they don't allow alcohol. It was bullshit. Whatever. You know, sell that crap. It's nice. It's nice to say to ourselves, yes, we're, we're really practicing a religion here. It, it, That's what we're doing, but it's it's not. It's a lie. It's a bunch of bullshit. And I remember when I I believe it was when he was Congressman Tom Osborne, where he was on uh, the side of of legislation to have alcohol advertising 
you you know banned from televised like college athletic events. Do, do you remember right. that? You know, two thousand three ish, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, you know, and and, and you know he's you know, you know he obviously Tom Osborne's not for you know having alcohol in in Memorial Stadium, but. But what do people outside of Memorial Stadium do for hours before the game? You know, they drink like fish. Yeah, I mean, I already told you. You know, I I, I read it. You know, cop to to my you know perhaps poor judgment. Uh, you know, from from a couple of years back. But you know, I got inside. I didn't drink. You know, for those three and a half hours or whatever, and then I drove home safely. It is what it is. You know, I'm not I'm not stupid. I. And, I, and, and you know, I, I say that I'm going to go in and, you know, drink in the stadium. It, I might have a beer or two, but I'm not a good passenger, even with my wife who I trust behind the wheel. So the notion of not driving home after the game is not popular to me. So I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that I'm sober to drive. You know, I'll get all, you know, I'll have a few beers in the tailgating aspect and then I'll, I'll you know, I know, but I don't. But that's me, and everybody fans different, you know, however you want to say it. Everybody celebrates differently, whatever. Uh, you know, just all I can say is celebrate responsibly, you know. That's, that's about all I can say. Okay, I, I've been over this topic before. And uh, a few years ago, I don't know, people read Freakonomics. I like to listen to their pod, podcasts, Okay. Uh, six years ago, okay, Freakonomics, Freakonomics, for those people that don't know, is they it's uh, two guys that wrote a book about different ways to look at economics. All right, they also have a podcast, and six, it's Stephen Dubner, and I can't remember the other fucking guy's name, but <laughs> uh, they did a podcast, and it was literally six years ago now called. Can selling beer cut down on public drunkenness? And they took a study, if I remember right, from West Virginia. And the problem the problem that West Virginia had is people drank shitloads of alcohol at the pregame of you know, before the game, and then they came into the stadium drunk as shit. And because they didn't have an alcohol in the stadium, uh that's why they drank so much before they got into the stadium. Right. So what they literally did was did studies on how much people drank and how many incidents, like police incidents, they had. And what they found was, by data, which, you know, a lot of people like, science. Uh, what they found was that if they actually sold alcohol in the stadium, people didn't become drunken sloshes outside the stadium because they knew they could go in the stadium and buy a beer. So this whole concept of, oh, my God, my children are going to be subjected to this. Guess what? Your fucking children are already subjected to people, you know, that probably drank too much before they got into the stadium. And maybe the reason why they did that is because they just are going to drink before they get in there because they don't have any, you know, there's no recourse for them. And I realize that, you know, would it be better that if we all never drank in our lives? Uh, yeah, no. I guess oh, it would. Sorry. You know, would we never smoke? Yeah. yeah, smoking is bad. 
I guess not even vaping, whatever that is, is bad. Uh, Should we never do drugs? Yeah. You know, some of us are just not geared that way. And some of us are geared to never touch this stuff. And maybe if we, like, I don't know, compromised and got along and figured it out, the world would be a better place. I don't know. I've recently, I can't say recently, uh, within the last couple of years, found that it was easier for me to give up soda than beer. Uh, so I don't drink soda so that I can still enjoy beer. <laughs> keeps keeps the pounds off, you know. Um, so in time, I mean, let's be realistic here. In, in time, do you think that Memorial Stadium in Lincoln will have uh, – Alcohol sales, beer sales, specifically in inside the stadium for football games. I do, but I'm going. I'm not going to answer why. And the reason why I'm not going to answer that is because it's a teaser for a later podcast. Ooh, ooh, ooh a teaser. I are you waiting? And this isn't me being a smartass. So please don't attack me or yell. I mean, you can yell. That's fine, but. Do you think you'll remember the topic when it comes time to have that discussion whenever podcast this is in the future? And the only reason I say that is because if I don't write it down now, I'm not going to. Like, I thought of something today in the truck, and I'm like, ooh, that's something I want to look up when I get home. I forgot what it was. Didn't write it down. So I'm just asking, John. I'm not trying to be a dick. I've already written it down. Oh, okay, fantastic. I can't wait to uh, see the notes on it. I'll probably look at this, and I'll go, what the fuck was that about? (laughs) Uh, I literally have a whole list of joke articles that I need to write, okay? And I, I, I need to write them because they'll be funny, I hope. But one of them one of them has been sitting in my uh, writing app for like, I don't know, three years. And it's literally titled, 40-Foot Penis Walks Into Iowa City. And I, I when I open this up, I look at it and I go... What the hell was I even thinking about? Because I can't, I don't know what that joke might have been because I never wrote it down. I don't care, but it's that's the best headline I've heard in some time. Because we all know it's hard in Iowa City to find a bigger dick than Brian Ferentz. <laughs> and with maybe that, that, maybe that was it. I don't know. And I'd that, have been giving him too much credit. Yeah, well, I wasn't saying. Never mind. Uh, speaking of, don't forget about your blue chew, it, everybody. I, if if that was the if that was the joke, it would have had one more word in it, and that word would have been limp. <laughs> don't let. Uh, okay. Hey, don't forget. Give your gimmick the hot tag over at Blue Chew. That's our only uh, ad for Blue Chew this week. Uh, usually, I, I have to work it in because Haas usually does, and then I can remind people uh, about their hashtag super hard, you know what. Um, so anyway, on that note, let's get out of here, John. We've had a, a great night of talking with uh, Reed Fuller, and uh, you and I are, are entertaining as can be. And uh, look forward to getting uh, the band back together next week when Haas uh, decides to answer a message and not ghost us. Uh, but I'm sure he's listening. He's probably, he's like, oh, damn. He's going to see his notifications on his phone. He's like, some bitch, I fell asleep. Um, and, and, and that's fine. Uh, we survived. We we got by. 
We we went we did we went over two months without Haas while he was finishing up his uh, his student teaching. Um, yeah, that bastard. You know, and his responsibilities. So uh, we miss you, Haas. We'll see you next week. Uh, John, always great visiting with you. Thanks again to Reed Fuller. Uh, everybody, go and just throw a Twitter follow uh, to at Husker Hockey just to keep up to date on everything that's going on with the, the hockey program. I know it's the off season now, but uh, when it starts up again, and I don't know if that's going to be Luke running the uh, the social media uh, next year or not since he's a senior. But uh, uh, just you know, follow, follow Husker Hockey and, and keep up to date on them. Uh, and uh, and and they they've been very successful. And uh, make sure that you follow us. We're on uh, Twitter at, of course, Cornation and at the number Five Heart Podcast. You can also uh, like us on Facebook at Five Heart Podcast with the five written out. Uh, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify. We're on Spotify, John, and uh, I bet you didn't know that. And, of course, uh, you can always go to coordination.com and uh, listen via the embedded player that is uh, in this post or jitterymonkey.com. That's all our plugs for this week. Uh, Be looking. We're going to start up here in the next couple of weeks probably a a formal Q&A segment where you, the listener, can ask us a question. We'll answer it on the the show. And uh, we might even have a few other more interactive uh, options in the works that uh, I'm working on as soon as I have time. Uh, so that'll be it. For I'm the- not sliding into anybody's DMs. <sighs> John, why must you disappoint me so? Just want them to know. Fine. I'll do all the sliding. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, uh, I, I always say it like that, and I know it's probably you know taken the wrong way, but I don't give a shit. Um, I, I communicate with them off of the public sphere. For uh, the purpose of, uh, you know, keeping it, I, I don't, when I say private, I, it's not going to, it's not, you know, nothing nothing weird going on in the DMs, man. It's just, uh, you know, some things are not necessarily for public eyes. Maybe they're plans or or things in the works that, uh, you know, can't, can't necessarily be, uh, uh, you know, open to the public at that time. So, anyway, moving on. Uh, thanks for throwing me off track, John. Now I know mm-hmm. how you feel. Yeah. Uh, that, that'll be it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. For myself, Greg Mahachko, for John Dam Johnston, and for the absent Hoss Reuter, we remind you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red! With the damn off season. <laughs> I don't think Hoss sounds like that at all. He does tonight. Oh. <laughs> Why, why does he got to sing soprano? Did something happen to his uh, cojones? Well, we'll see what happens when he talks to us again. I can't wait. If, if he if he calls us up next week and, and he's like, Hi, guys. Sorry I missed you. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll really know if he listened all the way to the end of the show. Yes, exactly. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.